Yes, people. Woo! Man, ah, I remember this track here. God damn. I mean, who doesn't love Marvin Gaye, right? See, Marvin Gaye, Eric Sermon, the green eyed bandit doing his thing. It was just instant gold, people. Instant gold. Now, it's another week. Another week and just so many just crazy, just ridiculous things going down, people. And trust me, we're going to get to all of them. But I have to say, one of the stupidest, most ridiculous things I've heard all week, right? So... I mean, listen, I don't follow US happenings too closely because, you know, ain't my shit, right? But, you know, I hearing about the whole pipeline, fuel pipeline getting shut down and all the issues, right? Being hacked by um, malware, right? So the, the hackers came out, right? Supposedly a group called Dark Side. And, um, (laughs) they, oh man, they said, our goal is to make money and not create problems for society, right? They apologized for the havoc the pipeline caused. And I'm like, come on, motherfucker, you're telling me you didn't think, (laughs) you mean, hacking that was going to cause any issues, I mean, everything that gets hacked causes issues, right, it shuts things down, you know, for hours, for days, right, sometimes weeks, so to be like, we didn't think it was going to be a problem, has to be, has to be one of the most ridiculous things ever said, right, oh my gosh, it's insane, it is insane, man, and just think, right, so this pipeline carries 2.5 million barrels of fuel a day, 45% of the East Coast's diesel, petrol, and jet fuel, all fucked up by these hacks, insane, insane, Right, and um, yeah, hey, that's not the only thing that's kind of gone down, right? So, um, I just thought this was amusing. So, this UK rapper, I think he from that his name is Slow Tie, right? I, I think that's how he says his name, but he has just started a, a festival, right? He, he's calling it um. Happy Land Festival, right, now, <laughs> what, what I find amusing about this whole thing is, right, he's um, trying to uh, frame it as being this place that is just going to be full of happiness, fun, and no issues, right, so, um, what did he say? He said, uh, the space from the shackles of every, uh, of every day, 
Um, actually, I should probably start from the beginning. Happy land with happy folk, right? The place where we can laugh and joke, the place you can be yourself without judgment, expectations, and impressions of someone else. The space from the shackles of the everyday. The mountain where we climb to run away. Imagine what you've never had when you come to happy land. You will never be sad. Right? That's that's how he's framing it. But then also. (laughs) Also, it says, like, no smile, no entry. All right. What? (laughs) That's kind of a contradiction of what you're saying. You're saying this is a place where people can come and be themselves? No judgment. But if you're not smiling, you've got to go. Right? Yeah, little contradiction. And also, it's £50 to get in. So it's, you know, not... It's not the cheapest of spots. So if you really wanted to make it this great place for everyone, you'd make it a little bit cheaper, right? I mean, it's up in Northampton, and that's not the most affluent of counties. So, yeah, bit odd. Bit odd, people. But anyway, there is no restrictions on who can listen to this Drabble, you know what I mean? So let's get on with the craziness, shall we, people? Let's go. Sometimes you see a news story that just is so fucking surprising. You'd be like, did I just read that? Right? So that's the case when you read that, um, Carolina (laughs) I don't know why I fucked that up Carolina I should say South Carolina To be precise Want to bring in Death By firing squad As a capital punishment Death By firing Wait what I mean, what the fuck is happening? You know what I mean? It, it, it's kind of crazy. But then, right, you kind of see, hey, they're not the only ones. You know, a few other places in the States do death by firing squad. So Mississippi, Oklahoma, and um, Utah also have death by firing squad. Which, um, yeah, is odd. Now, no one's died by it since 2010. So it doesn't seem to be something that, you know, is chosen. Because you have a choice, right? The, the, the uh, person on death row, they, they are allowed to choose how they're going to die. And can't be forced to be uh, killed by any way they don't want to. And the issue is because I think lethal injection is the way most people are like, all right, let me do that. Because it just puts you to sleep. If it, you know, if it works 
properly. Now, there have definitely been occasions where it didn't work. Didn't work. And that that is meant to be painful. I do believe, though, if they tried twice, then that's it. They can't do it again. I think that's correct. I might have made it up or seen it in a film that was very fictional. But I don't know. That's what I heard. So, yeah, death by injection. Now, the injection is free drugs that create a cocktail, right, that do the thing. But problem is um, uh, the firms that make the drugs are, um, you know, they're not inclined to keep on producing those drugs because they're like, we do not want our products to be used for this, which, you know, I get that. <laughs> I get that. You know, especially when, you know, if if it's a, a public company, your stakeholders, your shareholders, all of those are a bit like, we don't agree with this. <laughs> you know what I mean? You need to do something. So, yeah, those drugs have been harder to find, which have led, you know, a few places to try different things, different drugs, which has definitely caused issues. So, uh, you know, in South Carolina... Right, they are looking to make the electric chair the um, you know the preferred choice, and then the other choice that you would get is firing squad, <laughs> right? Which is like, damn. Now, some people are saying that this is a, a more humane way of doing it. Right, because you know the other ways could go wrong. An electric chair isn't meant to be pleasant. That is meant to be kind of painful. Which yeah, you know electricity shooting through your system. Now it might not hurt for long, but hey, that's gonna hurt. There is definitely gonna be a period of time when suddenly, oh shit. Right, because whenever you see someone get electric, you know, they never just like, oh, you know, and asleep. It's always a scream of pain. So, um, yeah, I don't really think many people are going to be choosing the electric chair, but a firing squad does not seem, not seem the best. Right, because you, you're standing there. So before they put a blindfold on, you're going to be seeing a number of people opposite you with guns. Now, listen, if it was a sniper, right, so you, you choose a thing and then, you know, throughout the day, you could be taken out by a sniper. That's a different thing, right, because you won't know when it's coming. You could be at lunch eating and then all of a sudden, boom. Right, I guess that that won't be as bad. I mean, it's kind of weird and creepy, but you know, just standing there watching them people—that's not—that's not gonna be good. That's not gonna be good. Now, the <laughs> when you see the arguments for not doing it, that's a bit weird, right? That's a bit so. Some people are saying, right, because um they they shouldn't do the firing squad because 
um, a lot of people on death row eventually are exonerated, right? And then, and sometimes that happens after they've been executed, right? So you know they find out ev- the evidence was wrong, you know the ev- like, that people lied, all of this. But that's not really an excuse for firing squad. That's just an that's that is you know a reason not to do any executions because yeah that's a thing. Shit goes wrong, right? You people lie. I I I remember listening to an episode of JRE, right? And it, the Freedom Project were on, and they were talking about an incident where the police didn't um didn't test didn't like fingerprint and they took all these samples which they didn't run because they were so convinced they had the killer so convinced even though the evidence at the time was kind of like i don't think it's this person right because they had the 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 person that actually killed it it was the the i think it was the wife right or the girlfriend one of the two she had gone around saying, "Oh, I killed, I killed these people." Right when she was drunk, or say, right. So they had this. They had other, you know, evidence, but didn't te- for some reason they wanted to put it on this one guy. And then finally, years later, I think it was like ten years or something later, the Freedom Project forced them to finally. Run these tests, and yeah, showed that you know, dude was innocent, right? So, you know, the 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 reason that people could get exonerated, that's just for no death penalty, right? You can't just use that for. And I would find this shouldn't be used. No, no, no. That's for no killing, <laughs> like no killing whatsoever. Now, the one of the other things thrown out there is. Um, you know, why use a firing squad when they also do that in North Korea? I mean, that's an odd one, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, well, that country does it, so why would we? Like, mm, that's not really a reason. That's just an observation. Now, when you do look at the other countries that you know use the firing squad. You've got China, Iran, North Korea, Oman, Qatar, Somalia, Taiwan, and Yemen. Which all does paint a picture. You know what I mean? It all does paint a picture. You know, we're not seeing, you know, Sweden. You know, Sweden, Switzerland. You know, we're not seeing a lot of... um. I don't know, really more kind of even-tilled countries, <laughs> but the firing squad people, right, it's not really the way you want to go, I mean, listen, if they're going to do it, right, if you really want to wait, there's got to be better things to do. Better things to do than that. 
right? How about a heroin overdose? Because for, like that shit just, I think I mean, it just kind of puts you to sleep, right? You know, heroin, coke, something like that. Just boom, you're done. You don't suffer. Ain't fentanyl. You don't suffer, right? So some at least something like that, and they've got. Tons of drugs sitting in your know, police evidence rooms and shit. So hey, use that supply, right? Don't put it back on the streets. You know what I mean? If you really want to do this shit. But um, yeah. I mean the only firing squad that I'm feeling right now is MOP, son. You know what I mean? That's it. Whew. Man. Be a fucker to get on death row, right? And we do know a lot of people on death row are innocent. But, oh, not good times. Now, crazy thing, Biden was like, he's tr- he will take away the, um, the firing squad as a um, federal uh, offense. But, you know... Hasn't done it yet. <laughs> hasn't done like you know all them promises people make. You're on the trail, but once they get into power, they don't follow those up. But yeah, crazy times, man. Motherfucking firing squads. Oi. People, have you seen those pictures, right, of the huge? Glass bridges, the glass bridges, the glass platforms in China, you know, big tourist attractions. They even had one, right? I forget where it was. I mean, mainly because I can't pronounce any of those names, right? But there was a, there is a spot in China where they had this glass bridge and, um, they had uh, these panels, right? The, so the glass with these these panels, computer type panels. So you could program it for cracks to appear. Now it's just an image, so it looks like there are cracks in it. So they've got this bridge, right? It's a it's across a canyon, and they've got it so when they're feeling a little fruity. They can um, make it look like the glass is breaking. Seems very psychotic. <laughs> it do- doesn't seem like the thing that you do to attract tourists. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. But hey, they're loving it, right? People are flocking to these places. People are flocking to the places, which does seem inc- kind of insane, right? You go to, uh, is it a CN Tower in Toronto, right? And um, they've got the, uh, no, it's the Rogers Tower in Toronto. It might be the CN Tower in Vancouver, right? But both have got the glass um, floor in the viewing platform, but... It's only a little bit of glass floor, right? That you can go stand on, look down, you know, be freaked out by. But it's only a small little section. It's not like the whole of it. <laughs> so, yeah, these 
glass bridges. But anyway, like, now, I didn't realise, but there are supposedly 2,300 glass bridges, walkways and slides in China for tourism. That's a lot. That is a lot of crazy. <laughs> and um, one of those bridges, people, one of them, a hundred meter high bridge, that's 330 feet, right, in um, the Payan Mountain, right, it broke. <laughs> yes, the bridge broke. And Someone was on the bridge at the time Yeah, that's right people A motherfucker was walking along that bridge And the bridge broke Right, so here's the thing It was high wind Right, now I don't know why You'd be walking along a bridge like that When it's windy as hell Right, doesn't seem like the thing to do Now the bridge didn't, even if it wasn't glass, if it was just a normal-ass bridge, walking across that with high wit, no, right, definitely doesn't seem a thing that you want to do, seems rather perilous, perilous, per peril, perilous, per problematic, let's say problematic, right, seems rather problematic, Right? But yeah, for some reason, bridge was open. They left the bridge open, and uh, a crazy ass dude was walking across it. Right now, you may have seen the pictures. You know, pictures are all over the spot of um a guy clinging for his life on the side, and the panels underneath his feet have gone. They've been blown away. Right, and it's, you know, parts of the bridge are there, other parts are gone. It's a bit like, you know, an adventure film. You know, um, what, like Indiana Jones? You know, something like that. Or uh, what are those stupid um, national treasures? Yes. You know, something like that. Tomb Raider. You know, one of them crazy-ass films. It looks like a scene out of that. Or a Mission Impossible. You know I me, mean? Tom Cruise likes them stupid stunts. Hey, dude is clinging to the side. Clinging to the side. And if he falls, he ain't surviving that. He ain't surviving that drop. Even though, right, so I think there's water at the bottom. You ain't surviving. Right, because you're gonna, the way you hit that water, it is gonna be like you hit pavement. Oh, People, no, <laughs> not fun, but yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, right, because as I said, look, those bridges are there to um, attract tourism, but is the, I, I kind of got the feeling like after everyone has seen this. People ain't really going to be feeling to do that shit no more. Right? 
I mean, you gonna do that? Would you walk across a bridge that length, right, at that height? Because if it's a just a normal bridge, right, normal bridge over the space of a just a normal road, that's one thing. But this is across a canyon. Right? These bridges are across like canyons or on the side of mountains. <laughs> like places that are pretty dangerous, you know, in the main part. But at a glass bridge, you're just like, whoa. I think juggling knives is a um you know, safer, safer prospect, so, um, yeah, listen, I don't think this is gonna help, I think people are gonna avoid those bridges, and to be honest, I ain't gonna blame them, right, I ain't gonna blame them, it seems kind of stupid, in the first place, walking across a motherfucking glass bridge, I'd say a lot of people think the world is changing for the better, right? You know what I mean? With all the, with all the, hmm, it's going to say riots, but <laughs> I mean, I guess it started with protests, right? People protesting from last year, right? People, you know. Ain't making a stand on certain issues A lot of people want to say The world is moving in a better direction But then stuff like this Disneyland situation come up And you kind of think to yourself Is it though? Right? Is it? Or are people just as moronic as they used to be? Now here's the thing Disneyland reopened on the 30th of April, right? Being shut during the pandemic, or some of it, right? I think a couple of their sites were open, but, you know, there's restrictions and everything. And I know Disney lost a lot of money. Disney lost a lot of money. I think at one point last year, right, they were saying that Apple could have bought Disney, which is insane, it's insane, but then Disney Plus definitely supposedly killing it, so I think that all settled itself out, but Disney opened up again, and a lot of people are crazy happy, because there's people that go every weekend, which does seem a little overkill, you know what I mean, listen, I might enjoy a certain ting and ting, but to go every week, that, and there's no changes Like going to the cinema every week is a different thing Because it's different films But going to a place where the rides are just the same And I've got a queue for those rides <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah I'm not down I'm not down But anyway, with this reopening Yo, one of the most popular rides was back but they'd made a little tweet to it. So this is their Snow White and Prince Charming ride. And, um, you know, they added a scene where Prince Charming kisses Snow White to wake her up from the poison apple. 
And people are pissed. Now, not everyone, just the moronic people. You mean people are irritated because they put the kiss there. And you're just like, wait, what are we doing? Right, what the fuck are we doing? You're complaining about Prince Charming kissing Snow White. To save her life. I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. You read? It is moronic. Because let's let's firstly, all of those fairy tales, all, all fairy tales and fables, they're pretty damn dark. Right, the versions that people see in Disney, that's not the proper version. Disney nicened up all of those stories because there's not a lot of happy endings. <laughs> like, I think Little Red Riding Hood gets eaten. You know what I mean? People are getting murked left, right, and center. Right? So, there's that. Also, they were created. As a way of people be cautious. You know what I mean? Just don't do things blindly. Right? So don't take just random things from strangers, people you don't know, because they might be a poison apple. Right? There's morals to these stories. It's like, let's not be crazy. Because remember, there was a time when, you know, walking. You had to worry. You had to worry. Am I being stalked by an animal? Right? Are there snakes on the ground? Spiders on the ground? What around me could kill me? That used to be the norm for every single person. Now, there's a few people that still have to do that shit. Right? Depending where you live. In countries like Australia, Africa, South America... You know what I mean? And yeah, South America continent. Because I'm including every one of them countries, people. Right? Same with Africa. Um, but yeah, for the most part, we don't have to worry now. Now, there's other things you might have to worry about. Like getting mugged and stuff like that. And then there's, you know, looking both ways when crossing the road. But you're not worrying about everything. You know, so, yeah, these stories were created to be like, people, you got to worry. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's, it's not all great, right? Just because it might look shiny doesn't mean it's safe. So, yeah, that's why they were created. And I think also, you, you can't look at Prince Charming kissing Snow White and going, date rape. Because clearly that's not what that is It isn't what it is She ate a poisoned apple And was essentially dead He brought her back to life And let's be clear Snow White is a dumb idiot Right? Because I think what In the actual story I think she gets given a comb That 
nearly killed her. I think the the I think I believe the apple was the third thing, the third thing the evil witch gave her. And you think, what is it? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, I'm a dumbass. Right? I believe that's the saying. This was three times, <laughs> three times. So in all honesty, old Prince Charming should have just been like, I. She's too dumb to try and marry. I'm just going to leave her and look for someone else. That's what only she had done. Because, you know, you know this person is trying to kill you. So why are you taking random things from people you do not know? It is ridiculous. And she's living in a house with the dwarves. You're telling me they didn't have any food in the pantry? Like, they had nothing. You know, so you've been that hungry. Someone comes with an apple. You're like, I haven't eaten in days. I need, give me some of that apple. Be like, no. She was a greedy, insert word. And, you know, she nearly died. (laughs) So, old Prince Charming nearly saved her life. I mean, he did save her life. So, it's not. Date rape. Right? Being like, he should have asked for... Con- She's dead. How is he asking for consent? Be like, um, you know, uh, excuse me. Um, I'm going to hold a... I need to hold a seance. So I can ask Snow White if I can give her a kiss. And thus save her life. So we need um, Whoopi Goldberg up in here so we can do this. Does anyone know where Whoopi is? I mean, like, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? Now, I, I, I saw this thing, right? They're talking about it. And this woman's like, um, my son asked me. My son saw the ride and he asked me. Why? Why did he kiss her when she was asleep? And I had a very uncomfortable conversation. And be like, shut up. Like, I do not believe that happened. I don't believe it happened. Kids see stupid shit every day in cartoons and programs. They're not like, and also, someone says, "Oh, how can we kiss her?" And be like, "Yep, yeah, she was a dumbass, and she ate an apple, which a stranger gave her." So people don't take apples from strangers. That's the conversation you have from that. Not okay. So you know, obviously. It's triggering. I know little Sammy. Right? I understand. We will go and see a counsellor after this. But let me just break it down. That brute Prince Charming. You know, poor Snow White. She's lying there, nearly dead. He came and he kissed her without asking. He saved her life, yes. But he did not ask. And we know that's not the thing to do. It's disgusting. So do not wait. Do not grow up to be like him, Sammy. Do not. Don't do it. Because he's he's a scallywag. And we do not like scallywags. Ugh. It is just people looking for something to be mad about. Because that's the world we're in, right? People looking for something they can go, that's not right. 
Ugh. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And people should be embarrassed. People should be embarrassed for complaining about that. Right? If you don't like... Look, it's Disneyland. There are countless rides. Countless rides in which you can go on. Just don't go on that if you have an issue. Go on something else, you sad, pathetic fools. Yeah, I gotta say, cash grabs are always embarrassing, right? When you see a motherfucker trying to trying to get that money in some blatant bullshit way, right? You gotta look at it and go, "What? What are you doing, man? What? What is this? What the fuck is this?" And um, yo, another motherfucker's entering the game, right? This time, it is, um, I don't know, man, supposedly it's a rapper, right, called, um, Emilik Noazaka, Emilik Noazaka, right, I might be messing his name up, right, that's his name, he, he, he goes by Kid Wes, now, oh, shit, Kid Wes? Is that what you're saying? Not D-Kid Wes? That motherfucker Kid Wes? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're not saying that? No? You don't know who the fuck that is? Yeah. <laughs> because I don't think a lot of people do. No offense, Kid Wes. Although, you know what I mean? You are doing a pretty bitch move trying to, you know what I mean? Grab that money like this It's kind of poor son It is kind of poor Right but He's trying to say That Childish Gambino You know Donald Glover Right He um he copied his song When he put out This is America yeah. Listen You know this is America Right It was all over the place in 2018, right, and then other people did their, ver like, there's that, that untalented chick did that whole other, that version, trying to put feminism as the spin, and going, oh, it's the same thing, <laughs> you're just like, what the fuck, shut up, no, 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 what are you doing, it's bad, it is bad, um, who, he didn't, you know, put in his claim, I will say that, old, um, you know, Kid Wes trying to say that, you know, Gambino made a lot of money off his track, right, then you would have to call up, like, that chick too, because she made money, so, if you're, if you're saying people that made money off a track that you supposedly created, then that would, you have to call up Everyone Not do the weird moves Like in um In his claim Right In his claim Right in the court papers He's thrown in Childish Gambino RCA The record label Rock Nation And Young Fug as well And you'd be like Wait 
what? <laughs> like, what? It's always weird when people do that. And you know, they're only doing it because they're thinking, okay, now if I name all of these people, someone is going to want to do a pay payment out of court. Someone's going to throw me some change. So let me name all these motherfuckers. Right? That's all it is. You know, especially when it's people that don't, shouldn't really be there. <laughs> like, young fuck did backing vocals. Like, what are you doing? But anyway, right, I listened to those tracks. Because, yeah, you can't talk on this shit unless you've listened to the tracks. And... I do not know what this motherfucker is talking about, right, he's saying that, um, the lyrical theme, the content and structure, right, is glaringly similar, (laughs) and it is not, (laughs) it is not, right, Oh my gosh, he's, he's in Made in America, he, he, what's he say, he's like, um, something like, oh, American rappers, you gotta know, it's 2016, pay attention, American rappers, you gotta know, 2016, pay attention, something like that, it's not quite that, but it's something along those lines, where, you know, this America's like, don't catch you slipping now, Look what I'm whipping now, right? Just your your intros to the and then the flow. Saying the flow is similar, it is like a you know what I mean two southern rappers going, hey, you sound like me. What you you'd be like, yeah, duh. <laughs> like there's 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 the the flow isn't like oh shit that's. He has really taken that dude's cadence. No. You you cannot listen to it and go, oh, Gambino stolen fucking where's his cadence right there? He's aping his style. Because we've heard childish rap like this in other tracks. Firstly, there is that. And the, the 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 pattern in which he's utilizing is more of a as I said, look, it, it's more of one of those things like West Coast, East Coast, Southern Trap. It's more of that than a particular person. Right? You can you can see the particular people, right? Like Drake does that shit. If he's on a track with a certain person, he Sometimes, not every time, but he sometimes apes their style, right? This ain't that. This ain't that. It is, it is a laughable claim, you know. I'm just like, eesh. you know. You listen to it, and you're just, what? What's this motherfucker doing? And then also, it's 2021, right? It is 2021. Why the fuck, if this was such a thing, why didn't you say anything at the time? Right? That's one of the biggest things, is when people do this shit years later, and you're just like, wait, so why didn't you mention it then? 
And you know, a lot of times it's because when it first comes out, when it first happens, hasn't blown up yet. Hasn't blown up. So there's no monetary value attached. But once, you know, someone's, you're know, making millions of something, then someone's like, oh shit. Oh shit. I might see if I can get some of that. <laughs> and so this is crazy, right? So the track blew up in 2018. As soon as it came out, it was all over the place, which is always irritating. Like when you're hearing fucking five-year-olds singing something, you're just like, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. And then everyone was talking about it and it was just became irritating. But 2018, then it won a Grammy the following year, so if he missed it in 2018, he's gonna get it when it comes back round with the Grammy, still nothing, still nothing, now, right, at the time when this happened, Jay's Harley, he came out, right, and was talking because people were saying, oh, this controversy between this is America and American Farah, right? Now, Harley was just like, nah, I'm not doing nothing, right? Which, yo, you've got to respect that shit. He wasn't trying to make money. But that was done straight out the gate. Like, straight away. That was, you know, talked about. But... This, nothing, nothing until now, so that, that in itself is weird, that in itself is just weird, but um, also, you know, when you, when you have this situation, right, so old, um, old Wes is demanding a trial and seeking damages including loss of profits and opportunities, right, and you're just like, what are you talking about, so they haven't mentioned a sum in which they are seeking in this claim, right, but they did say that, um, you know, Gambino made hundreds of millions from the track, so he wants a slice, Right now, <laughs> the the thing with that is, okay, so you they made money because Childish Gambino is a big name. Childish Gambino is Donald Glover, the actor, the writer. I think now he's directing. You know what I mean? So he made money because he's already big. It's already big, you know, and then it was just what was going down at the time, it just fit, it just hit at that perfect time, right, now, old, um, old Kid Wears his track, Made in America, he wants to say, oh yeah, the themes are, listen, you could have two songs come out that talk about ice cream, Right, talk about ice cream, but they're not all. Go they're not both gonna be Khaleesi's milkshake. 
It's the way you use those words. It's the way you put them together. It is that lyrical intent. You know, it's the lyricism. Right? It's word smithery. You know, just because you say similar words, there are a lot of rap songs, country songs, pop songs, R&B, whatever. There are a lot of songs, there are a lot of books, films, TV that have similar themes, similar words, but they're not all the same. They're not of the same quality. So just that is ludicrous. It's a ludicrous claim. It's a ludicrous claim. And to be like, well, that made money. So, you know, mine would have made money. I'm like, but no one even knows your track. Like, if your track is hot, your track is hot. Right? I think that's one of the great things about rap. You know, like, hey, if something is fire, it is fire. And motherfuckers jump on it. You know, I mean, there's no, ah, well, you know, it's good, but we prefer this per. No, it's like, if it's good, it's good. And it might not be, you know, killing it on Billboard, but on the streets, everyone would be talking about the shit, right? Because shit catches fire. That's how a lot of rappers made it, because they were big on the streets. Everyone was talking about them, which then got them noticed, which got them signed to a label, right? Sometimes a smaller label, and then they go to a larger one, but... You get recognition, right? People would be talking about you. People be talking about you. And people would have been making that comparison. Trust me. If if this was really a thing, at the time, you would have seen countless, countless people on YouTube, Twitter, Insta. I don't even know if that talk was a thing. But you'd see people... All over the spot going, yo, did anyone notice this? Yo, Kid Wes, he's track, man. Gambino stole he's track. People would be saying that. People would be putting a side-by-side -side little thing. You know, a comparison of the lyrics would be up somewhere. There is none of that. There is none of that because it's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a thing It's It's insane It's insane And it's just clearly Clearly You know Homie trying to make a little something Right Which is a joke Oh man Oh so um here we go, right, so I found this TMZ piece, and um, they took a couple of lines, so, made in America, flex on the radio, made me a terrorist, pessimistic, and <laughs> you should just cherish this, right, so then, this is America, Guns in my area, I got the strap, I gotta carry them. No, right? 
Now, you're saying that, oh, so he's saying that the craziness, right? The craziness made him a terrorist. Hmm. And then this America is like, yo, there's guns in the area, so I got a key strapped. Right? Those, just straight, those are different. Right? The, it's silly. This is silly. And I do not expect it going to. I don't expect this going to court. I don't expect it going to a trial. And if it did go to a trial, they're going to laugh the fuck at. Right? Now. Listen, that, um, who, is it the who? Is it the who? Who had that, um, Stairway to Heaven song, right? I mean, it's the who, right? Now, they, I think they got sued by that Australian band who they toured with, who opened for them, and I think they said they stole the rift, just the rift, the opening to stay. I think it was Stairways to Heaven. I think that's the one, right? Now, it might be a different name of the band. I don't know, one of them bands from back in the days, right, now, that song, you could hear a comparison, <laughs> like, that, that, you could definitely hear a comparison, this, no, it's a joke, it is a joke, and I just feel that, you know, old kid Wes would have just been better working on his skills, you know, working on his skills and trying to, you know, blow up that way than <laughs> you mean trying to ride on someone else's coattails. Cause it's a little it's a little embarrassing. Ain't gonna lie. It's a little embarrassing. But hey, suit people suit, right? This is America. So there's a thing that happens, right? And Listen, we, we see it in comedy a lot, right? And other things. It's in TV, films. It happens in the workplace, man. I've, it's happened with me in the workplace. But it's when untalented people try and take you down, right? Try and take it down. Twist it that you did or do or say. And it's ridiculous, right? There's a comic... I mean, yeah, fuck it. There's a comic. His name's Peng Dang. P-E-N-G. D-A-N-G. Right? So, um, he's, um, just put a tweet up, right? So, it's a bit of a, um, a set. What went down. Um, so, he, he was with, uh, working with Tony Hinchcliffe. Right, a big laugh comedy, and he brings Hinchcliffe to the stage, and Hinchcliffe starts his set. So, Dang, right, puts out a tweet, puts out a tweet today, and it's like last week in Austin, I got to bring Tony Hinchcliffe. I got to bring up Tony Hinchcliffe. This is what he said: Happy Asian Heritage Month. Right, so he's he's attacking Hinchcliffe. And it's so fucking irritating, so irritating, because, so he, he brings him up, he then fast forwards a bit, and then clips it, so you don't then see 
where it is going. Right? You just hear Hinchcliffe say some stuff, then he clips it, which is, ugh, it's as weak as when people, you know what I mean, be like, this person insulted me over text, right? But you only see one side of the messages or an email exchange, and you only see the response emails. You don't see what the other person was saying. Because they know if you saw both sides, it's a completely different story. Right? So I, I just think that's cold. Also, right? Dang has worked with Hinchcliffe on a number of occasions. He's like 2019, you know, in 2020, right? Just. Uh, you know, earlier in the in the year, he was working with right Jeremiah Watkins, who you know works with Hinchcliffe, so he knows the humour, right? He knows what's getting said, what gets done. You know what I mean? Like, and then he's attacking Hinchcliffe, trying to make him out like he's a racist. And I'm just baffled by it. I'm like, when you know someone isn't a thing, but you try and claim that they are? Like, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Right, listen, I'm not saying I'm one of Tony Hinchcliffe's best friends or anything like that, but I've had an opportunity to, like, you know, talk with him, hang with him for for a bit. Right, he helped me out a lot when I went to Skankfest. Right, Tony Kingscliff is a stand-up motherfucker. Right, he went out of his way to help me out. Didn't have to do it. Right, and it wasn't just a one-off. It all over the, you know, throughout the whole weekend. He he. Every time he saw me, he came, checked in, made sure shit was cool. I mean, that's the stand-up motherfucker that Tony Hinchcliffe is. And he has helped so many people, right? So many people do Kill Tony. Kill Tony is one of the most popular podcasts, YouTube shows, just comedy shows in general. Kill Tony is huge. It is great. People would kill to get on Kill Tony. And people of all races, disabilities, get to go up and perform. There's no criteria there. There's no, you can't, nah, you're not allowed up. And everyone gets treated the same. Everyone gets treated the same. So to try and claim that Hinchcliffe is racist, it's... It's pitiful, it's sickening, it's just this cunt trying to get a moment in the sun, right? Because his comedy career isn't going as quickly as he'd like, right? And there's the thing, this is what I'm saying, right? You, You see, a lot of the time, when people were complaining about a comic, a lot of the time... Or a club, 
right? Oh, this club doesn't let this and this club is it's because these people aren't getting, you know, they're not getting stage time. And it's not because, you know, stage time are getting booked. And it's not because someone's holding them back. It's because at this point in their career, they're not where it needs to be. Right? They're not where it needs to be. Now, it is like the me going, oh, I can't believe, you know, that spot won't let me headline. Right? I, and I try to pick it and complain Like they're not letting me headline they're, It's because they're racist Because they're racist No, it's because I ain't even at that point to headline nowhere You know But, hey, some people don't want to think Okay, I need to work on my art I need to, yeah, just keep on practicing Keep on grinding No, they're like, how can I f- try and fast track Myself into this slot How can I do well, Let me take down this person Right when everyone went at Louis You know they thought Oh get rid of Louis I'm going to get his spots That didn't happen <laughs> Obviously You know what I mean But people keep on doing this shit I just find it ingenuous It's weak And it is disgusting You know I, I think Peng Deng should be ashamed of himself Because that's some low-ass shit Low-ass shit, people And it infuriates me You know? Hey, you might not agree with me That is fine That's fine I'm not saying people need to agree These are my motherfucking faults, people And this is where I stand on that shit Tony Clinchcliffe is a stand-up motherfucker what? Okay, people. So this week's chin check looks at Friday's LFA, um, number 107, and then UFC 262, the pay-per-view that takes place on Saturday. So once you're done with this, go check that out. But before you do, let's finish the rest of this episode. Alright? Okay, so I decided to check out Invincible on Amazon Prime. Right, it is a um, it's an eight-part TV series. Yeah, I believe it's eight episodes. Yeah, 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 eight episodes. They're about forty-five to fifty minutes an episode. Right, it's an adaptation of the Robert Kirkman comic book series, which I. Think is still ongoing Like I know it went through A lot of different changes And you know Stuff like that but I think it's still going It might not but There's probably over a hundred episodes So (laughs) Plenty to sink your teeth into If you dug The um, animated show So uh, Yeah I mean he created it with Corey Walker, and after a while, Ryan, Corey Walker drew it. After a while, Ryan Oatley took over. I think there was a little controversy over that. I think it all got sorted out. I don't really care. 
So, the new TV series. Well, it's executive produced by Simon uh, Rassipopa, Kirkman himself, David Alpert, Catherine Winder, and you've got Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, which I think should tell you a lot. Right? If you've watched any of the stuff those dudes have, you know, adapted from comic books, preachers, the boys, you know, they've all got the same type of feel. So if you're not quite sure what to expect coming into that, think about what those shows are. And um, that will give you a big indication. So Maud Lewis is the overall producer. Um, did I say it's a comic book? It's an animated series? I forget. If not, it's an animated series, people. All right. And uh, characters. So our main character, Mark Grayson, Invince, a.k.a. Invincible. He is voiced by Stephen Young. Right, you then have his mum, Debbie Grayson. She is voiced by Sandra U. And his dad, Nolan Grayson, aka Omni Man, is voiced by J.K. Simmons. Okay, so you then have a whole heap of other characters, which start with um, Samantha Eve. Watkins, aka Atom Eve, and she's voiced by Gillian Roberts. No, that's a that's an MMA fighter. No, Gillian Jacobs. Oof. You know she's um she was in um oh the 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 school thing right, and they were all they went back to school. Well. You know, community, community college, community. Yes, she was in community. Boom. Whoo, man. Um, yeah, she voices Eve, right? We've got um, his best friend, William, is voiced by Andrew Rannells. We then have... Um, Oh gosh, who else do we have? Uh, bum. Oh, um, a robot, right? Rand Rudolph, Rudy Connors, robot, aka, uh, which is voiced by Ross Marquand and Zachary Quinto. There's a change in the character, so, yeah, it all makes sense eventually. You've got Rex Sloan, a.k.a. Rexplode, voiced by Jason Mantazukas. There is um, Kate Cha, a.k.a. Duplicate, voiced by Malice Joy. Shrinking Ray. Is voiced by Gray Griffin. Um, Amanda, aka Monster Girl, voiced by uh, Griffin as well, along with Kevin Michael Richardson. Um, then Black Samson, 
aka Marcus Grimshaw, voiced by Curry Payton. Um, there, so they make up a team, Guardians. Well, the team team, the team team, Whew. and then Guardians of the Globe. You know, um, Amber Bennett, voiced by Zazie Beats. Um, the Mauler Twins by Kevin Michael Richardson. Um, Hank Art Roinsbean, who's a tailor, voiced by Mark Hamill. Um, Damien Darkblood, voiced by Clancy Brown. I think they're like our our main. I think yeah, they're they're our main people. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Cecil Stedman. He's voiced by Walter Goggins. Right. So yes, there are characters, and the um the premise of the show is this: Mark Grayson is a normal teenager, except for the fact that his father Nolan is the most powerful superhero on the planet. Shortly after his 17th birthday, Mark begins to develop superpowers of his own and enters into his father's tutelage. Boom, boom, boom. So, yeah. And uh, the first episode, whew, there is a lot in there, people. You know what I mean? So, um, we see an attack on the White House, right? The Guardians of the Globe, you know, they saved the day. Only man, you know, turns up at the end to really put the nail in the coffin to the bad guys. And we like, boom. So we kind of get the lay of the land. These superheroes, you know, they're protecting everyone. Only man is the creme a la creme. Who everyone respects and looks up to. Mark at the time doesn't have his powers, but he really wants to get them. You know, he's known about his dad's powers since he was a little kid. Right? And ever since, he's wanted to be like his dad. So he's studied his dad, you know, what it takes to be a superhero. And um, yeah, he's just waiting for the time when his powers kick in. And that's very important, people, right? Because at the beginning, we are shown Mark understands what it is to be a hero. He's studied. You know what I mean? He's paid attention to his dad. He wants to be a hero. So that's the big thing, right? By the end of the episode, though, <laughs> everything is turned on its head because we learn... Some big, big secrets, some horrific things happen, and it is all a little bit nuts. All a little bit nuts, but kind of boysy, you know what I mean? I mean, boysy as in the boys, as in it's violent. You, you get my grip, people? Are you? Now, other things within this first episode, right? So we learned that. Mark, he, he, there's a girl at school he likes, you know, but hasn't got a, hasn't really got a chance with her, 
because, you know what I mean, she's meant to be out of his, they do this thing, right, where they, they, we, they give you, you know, a character that, you know, is meant to be like, oh, these girls are out of my league, but he looks exactly like the jock characters, right, there is no real difference between that, so you're just like, but why would that then, that character be out of that character, you know what I mean, there, there's no real, like, oh yeah, because, you know, he's shorter off, you know, oh he's out of shape, or, you know, like there's nothing, so they do that stupidness, right, but that's what we've shown, so we we have all of this in our first episode, right? Now, it's fine. It works well as a first episode. I have no issues with it. It it, it kind of lays that foundation. But I think as the series goes on, and again, the series all in all, like it's fine. There's there's nothing wrong with it to an to a degree. I would say, I will. I can see why people are gonna like it. You know, I I can definitely see that. My problem with this is, and it's more story stuff. You know, rather than you know, because the animation is very good. Animation is very good. Right, all the effects, all of that, that's done very well. I enjoyed all of that. Even the, the, the lengths of the episodes worked, I thought. Because you could kind of flesh out a story a bit more. Rather than things just happen and, you know what I mean? But, some of the stuff that just, I was a bit like, wait, so what? But, you have... At, as I said, look, at the very beginning, Mark is like, I really always wanted to be a hero, and, you know, I've been studying this, and all of this, but then throughout, he's doing the stupidest shit, the stupidest, like, you know, because, I don't think this is a spoiler, but he ends up with the girl, Right, I mean, it's one of those things that you, from the very minute you you see them, that you know that's going to happen, right? That first interaction, you're like, all right, they're going to date, you know? We don't really understand or see why, because it's not like they've hung out or anything, and the reasoning for it doesn't really make any, right? It's some weak-ass bullshit. So they're dating, right? And because he's, you know, invincible, he's having to leave dates and all of this kind of thing. So he's lying to her and all of that, which, <laughs> you know, he, when they split up, he's all like, oh, I don't understand. Ah, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he tries to do this thing to like, Save the relationship But it doesn't work Right Now my whole thing about that is He's been studying He knows His dad's a superhero He knows His mum knows Right 
But overall that time, he's seen his dad have to leave dates, his dad have to, you know, leave situations, his mum cover. All he's seen all of that. So he's seen it. He's been first hand witness to all of that kind of stuff. So you understand, right? You're dating a girl. You need to have more than, oh, all of a sudden I've got a headache and I've got to go. You've you, you got to have better cover stories. You've got to, you know, know that she's going to get offended. Right? He's witnessed that shit. He's seen how his mum's had to cover for his dad and all of this. So it's just like, wait. How would you suddenly forget all of that? It doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? It's just, there's things like that that make no sense whatsoever. And be like, wait, how would you not know? Come on, man. How would you not know? And I think the way they kind of... um in that relationship, not end the relationship, but, you know, at the very end of the series, where they leave it, it is ridiculous, oh my god, it is so ridiculous that you're like, wait, what, because we have this moment of, you know, the girl, you know, Amber, she stands up for herself and be like, no, 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 it's not that you're a hero, it's the lies, it's this, it's this and this, and make some very good points, right, but then at the very end, you have this some weak ass bullshit, and you're just like, wait, what the fuck was that, like, what the fuck was that, it's that whole thing that, you know, ain't we often see, where it's like, Oh, we're going to empower these female characters. We're going to make them this. And then in the very end, they get saved by a dude. And you're like, wait, say what? Like, what was that? And it's not just, you know, it's not that, oh, I need these female characters to be this or that or that. Look, I just want the story to be good. And you left it on a good point. And then you do some bullshit at the end. Just like, that made no sense, right? That made no sense. And you just completely devalued that character. Right there, you devalued that character. It's ridiculous, right? Now, in the comic, Mark is Korean. And, you know... He's still Korean in the TV show. <laughs> like, that's not changed. But I will say, no one, no one's going to know. Just looks like a white dude. <laughs> like, him and his mum just look like white characters. Which, listen, I'm not saying give them slanty eyes or anything like that. But, I, I think... There's ways of making them look a little bit different Because here's the rub Not everyone's skin tone is the same So, like, couldn't they make that change? Because this is, 
right? They they want to make this big deal about like um you know diversity, and that's just not me, right? Kirkman said in an interview, right? He said in an interview because he was asked about um Amber, right? Because they changed the ethnicity of Amber. In the comic, she's white. In this, she's black. Right? So he said, um, we changed Amber's race, and I think we also expend, expanded that character greatly. Which, that statement right there is stupid. Because Kirkman, he executive produced the show. He wrote episodes. So to go... um. We changed the race, and I think we expanded the cat. Be like, well, you should know because you wrote the shit, right? So he says that it's gonna be like, and I think we it'd be like, yeah, and we expanded the character, right? The whole, and I think we. It's like, what are you doing, you dumbass, right? But anyway, right? He said, um, Invincible was a comic book series that was started in 2003 and it was created by two white guys. I was from Kentucky and Corey Walker is from New Mexico. Diversity was not something that was at the forefront of our minds back then. Right, here's the thing. Here's the thing with that. As a you as a Statement onto oh yeah no it wasn't very diverse back then that's some stupid ass shit two thousand and three two thousand and three okay so seventeen years ago right when they started because they started making this in what twenty twenty you know what I mean so seventeen years ago now things have definitely changed in the world for sure. For sure, things have changed, but it's not like yeah, man. man remember two thousand and three? Fuck, right? We still had slavery. Women couldn't vote. The world was such a different place. God damn it! Whew. No, look, the world had changed a lot, right? We were meant to in two thousand and three. You'd ask a lot of people, right? In TV, film. You know, in a lot of cases, and they'd be like, oh, we're so diverse. Oh, yeah, there's no barrier. There's no such thing as barriers. Oh, everyone gets a fair shake. So to try and be like, oh, the world was so different. That's some stupid ass shit. I'd be like, oh, yeah, New Mexico had no white people. <laughs> it had only white people, sorry. Again, stupid statement Now, Kentucky I don't know Kentucky Right, so But from the little I've heard and whatnot, Yeah, I kind of think Kentucky is predominantly white So, that's fair Now, if you want to make that statement And go, listen, we, we created this a, few, a good few years back And look, we're two white guys we're just drawing the things that are in our sphere of influence. We didn't really have a huge, diverse group of friends. Right, so we're just drawing. That makes more sense than you trying to be like, well, the world was dead. Be like, shut the fuck up. Yuri, that's so stupid. It's, it's such a weak fucking thing to say. 
you know, as a response, but anyway, I digest, he goes on, um, and I think that Invincible is a very diverse comic, that was a wide range of different kinds of people represented, but I think that it's something that we recognise we can do better when it came time to do an animated series, now, so we solidified Mark's race as Korean, Shrinking Ray was a character that was changed from male to female because we recognised that we didn't have enough female characters. Debbie's role is significantly expanded, Amber's role is significantly expanded. I think that our story is much richer for it, it's a more well-rounded experience and representation matters, we're all just trying to do our part to make sure that when you consume a piece of entertainment you're seeing a representation of the world that exists around us and sadly that's something that wasn't really done in comics for the better part of the last century, so it's great to be part of doing things a little bit differently and I think Amber's character is a really big part of that as having Zazie Beats play her but again you created those comics so that was on you <laughs> you mean to be like oh yeah and back in you know comics weren't really diverse so you know it's good to be, be like just say we dropped the ball Right, we were just drawing what we knew. Right, we've now just understand that hey, the world isn't just one tone, so we're adding more. Like, motherfuckers always trying to pass the fucking buck. It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous, man. You know. Now, one thing that I think is interesting because, like, Zazie Beats, right? She voices Amber, and she says, the character is very different from the comics, not just in race, but I think in terms of what she's interested in, and what is important to her, Amber in the show is very justice forward, I think she's always challenging Mark on that too, and asking him, what really matters to you? I'm here helping the community, and you're trying to figure out your feelings. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, yeah, that's that's definitely a thing, but you you then drop the ball, right? As I said, at the end with her character, they drop the ball. They drop the ball, right? And... They, they try and inject a lot of stuff, like modern stuff, you know, we get Me Too up in there, you know, there's cons there's just all this other stuff, there's all these issues, climate change, just all of that, but, <laughs> but it, it, it's just done in this, it's done in a little bit of an odd way, right, like, oh look, we understand, it's here, but it's not really addressed, like, you're throwing things out there, but that's it, they're there just as, like, placeholders, as to be like, look, we mentioned it, we're woke, yay, which is, like, kind of just frustrating, frustrating, right, you've got Mark always crying about shit, 
And listen, I'm not saying crying's a bad thing, but it's just like something happens and he runs off and he's like, oh, oh, I can't believe that. And you're just like, but why can't you? Right? You were meant to be training and studying all these years. So why is this such a shock to you? Right? Why why does this surprise you that, you know, people are killing or people are doing this other thing? Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Right? They they have a team team, which is literally called Team Team. The names for the characters and everything are really fucking weak. They are just like ugh. Well, come on, man. If you couldn't think of anything better, why not pay someone else to come up with better names? I don't even know. But, yeah, they have this team team. And then they go, they do this whole big thing of, we got to recruit new members for Guardians of the Globe. And, basically, all everyone on the team team becomes, and you're just like, wait, how the fuck... Is that a fair recruit? There's no recruitment here. You just basically took that team and made them that team. That's all you did. Right? Added two extra characters. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And here's one. Here's something that got me, right? There's a character who, to use her powers, she it, it decreases her age. So it makes her younger every time she uses her powers. Right now, that's the thing. Wouldn't you then limit the times you use your powers? Right, so that character is only called upon to do big missions to help with big things, not like, oh, we need someone to help clean up the road. <laughs> Let's bring that character. Like, no, you you leave her. And get other people to do it. It's like, oh shit, aliens from another world are coming. Oh, bring Thingy because her powers could help, right? There's another point where these aliens in try and invade, and we're shown over the course of this episode they try and invade. I think four different times. Now there's periods of times in between each, but. Right now, after the first time, you could you could give them the benefit of the doubt of going. I yeah, I understand why you might have thought they might not come back, even though it wasn't because you kicked their ass. But after the second time, you'd be like, surely now they're working on if these people come back because they always came back to the same place. So it's just like put up something as a defense. Work out how never did it, never did it, and you're like, Are these people dumb? Like, what's wrong with these fucking people? And, um, yeah, it's just this, right? It's just shit like this that was just this makes no sense. It's like hiding your bloody uniform in your house. You can if you can fly and do you leave it on the moon maybe you'd leave there's so many places you could leave this thing but you leave it in your house where anyone can find it makes no sense no sense 
You have a character that does all of these shysty things to then become another character. And it's like, oh, they did it to be with this person. Right, but in the course of doing this thing, people died and all of this, but all of that is forgotten. All of that is for you're just like, wait, is no one gonna mention the oh no, we're forgetting about that. Okay. You know, there is a lot of weird, weird shit. Like they go to Mars, they go to Mars. And this big thing happens. It's shown at the very end of the episode. Never addressed again. Never addressed again. And you're like, wait, hold, what? That's in episode four. In episode four. And you're like, surely they're going to come back to that. Because that's kind of big. You'd assume that's kind of big. But nope. Does not happen. It is, yeah. It is weird. It is very weird. Uh, and the one last thing, right? Mark gets his teeth knocked out. Well, a couple of teeth. I mean, actually, by the look of it, it was probably more than two. But teeth knocked out in this big battle. And then when we next see him, teeth are back. All his teeth are back. But. Right? And you might go, oh, it's his healing factor. No, no, no. Because he's still beaten the fuck up when we next see him. But it's like his teeth are back. You're like, wait, how the fuck can his teeth be back and he's still all beaten up on life support? Now, if he's going to grow his teeth back, surely they would come back when all his bones are healed and all of that. Not they're the first things. Right? It's just these, just stupid things, and that that just, it just bugged me, man, it just bugged the fuck out of me, over and over again, alright, ugh, and fucking Eve going, going, I need to find myself and help people, I'm going to Africa, go fuck yourself, you stupid hoe, you know I mean? Like, there are loads of things happening in other parts of the world. Stop sending fucking people to Africa. You fucking assholes. Jesus Christ. But, anyway. <sighs> They're just things that frustrated me, people. But, as I say, look. If you like the boys. If you like Preacher. You know I mean? Kick-ass. You will like this show. It speaks to um, all of that kind of stuff. Because it's, you know, it's got that violent edge. It's got that, you know, fights happen and people actually die and all of that. Right? So, if you like all of those shows, you will dig this. Now, the things that, I, the things that bugged me, they don't bug everyone. It's just, I just get stuck on stupid things. Right, so yeah, it, it bugged me. So, so just because I didn't like it, doesn't mean it's rubbish. Right, just means that I've got a higher class of taste than all you fucking idiots. <laughs> I'm only half joking, people. Don't freak out. No, just me. Look, everyone likes different things, right? So, hey, what doesn't work for me, it might work for you. 
but it's on Prime. So if you've got a Prime account, you can go and have fun and enjoy that shit, people. It's eight episodes. I think that all the all the people that love the comic book series, they will probably dig it. Alright? So it's there. Invincible, the animated series. Oh, and it's been renewed for a season two and three. So, um, yeah, you have that to look forward to. Alright? There you go, people. Invincible. Okay, so I ended up checking out a, a book which, you know, I didn't realise was super old. Now, I, I forget how I got it, right? I, I think it might have been in one of the daily sales on Audible. I think that was it. Or maybe I got it in one of their two-for-one sales. But, yeah, I picked it up in a sale on Audible. Essentially, that's the short of it, people. Um, now, the book is called uh, Time and Again, right, by Jack Finney. Um, now, it's narrated by Paul Hetchett. And, um, yeah, this book was from 1970. That's when it was first published. Yeah, didn't realise. But it's, a, it's this quaint little sci-fi story. And again, I don't know why I picked it up because I don't know. It, it it's just an odd little story, right? And maybe I'd heard someone talk about it. Maybe someone recommended it. I forget. But anyway, you don't really care. Um, the gist of the story is this. Um. Oh, also, this is supposedly one of the most beloved tales of our time. I didn't even know that. I've literally never heard of this story, right? But, um, yeah, anyway, right? It says in the description, science fiction, mystery, a passionate love story, and a detailed history of old New York blend together in Jack Finney's spellbinding story of a young man enlisted in a secret government experiment. Transported from the mid-20th century to New York City in the year 1882, Simon Morley, likes to go by Cy, walks the fashionable ladies' mile of Broadway, is enchanted by the jingling sleigh bells in Central Park, and solves a 20th century mystery by discovering its 19th century roots. Falling in love with a beautiful young woman, he ultimately finds himself forced to choose between his lives in the present and the past. A story that will remain in the listener's memory time and again is a remarkable blending of the troubled present and a nostalgic past made vivid and extraordinarily moving by the images of a time that was and perhaps still is dum 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 now supposedly in the actual written version right the hard copy of this they do include sketches and pictures which yeah, I'm sure that would be nice to see. I mean, that is the one um, 
problem with an audio book, right? That, yeah, sometimes you know, you'll you'll be reading something and it references, you know, maybe a table or a chart or a picture that is included in the physical book, but you. As an audio, you never get to see it. I kind of think at that moment in time, it, it would be good if, like, the image flashed up on your screen because, you know, everyone's using a smartphone. So I'm just, it seems like it's something that could happen, right? But, um, you know, anyway. Right, so, yeah, as I said, look, this is a very... Um, it's a very laid-back kind of story. Like, when we first meet Sai, you know, he's, he works as in an advertising agency, and he sketches out the ads, right? That's what he does. He seems very, you know, comfortable, right? He, he's dating a young lady called Kay, right? And it seems that things have been going very nicely, you know, like, I think it's something that caught him by surprise, but he's happy. Seems very, very happy, although um, he's not quite sure where it's going to go, right? But he then gets approached, gets approached by a U.S. Army Major, Reuben Prine, right, to participate in this project. He's not given a whole heap of information, but he has to decide, what do you want to do? And I think it's like the mystery of the whole thing that has him go, all right, fine, I'll do it. Right, so he goes along, and um, yeah, he's kind of given this whole idea, like, what if through hypnosis you can be transported back in time? And, uh, yeah, so he goes through this whole process, and um, he, he's down with it. Well, I mean, he's given this whole backstory, right? So this this rich person, because, you know, they walk through, and there's a lot of... They, they kind of built us as kind of a uh, film set, as it were, right? And the whole thing is there's a rich guy who... There's a period of time that he, he reminisces about. And he wants to go back there. And so that's what they're doing. They're creating this so he can relive this moment in time. But before they can do that, they're doing research. Research to see if it does work and how it works and all of this. So that's what he's doing. So for them to be able to do it, you need reference points. Right, so they, I think we've seen it in sci-fi before, right? You you can transport yourself to a thing, but you need to know what it looks like, right? You can't just go to somewhere that someone says and you have no reference points of that place, which is a, I think it's a useful tool within, you know, magic and sci-fi. Because otherwise, you could just do anything, go anywhere. But yeah, that's the gist, so... As an artist, they ask him, oh, can you sketch out what this place looked like? This place looked like. And um, he's like, 
you know what, I could do that, but they ask him San Francisco, and he's like, let's do New York, right, because his girlfriend Kay, one of her old ancestors, they, you know, they when they died, they left this letter behind, and she'd always been intrigued by it, so, yeah, he kind of was like, oh, I want to go check that out, and he convinces them, and yeah, that's how the story kind of really gets going, of him, you know, going back to this time to, yeah, do this kind of favour for his girlfriend, as it were, well, not even a favour, because it's not like she asked him, but she mentioned it to him, he's intrigued, so he's going to go check it out, now, there's parts of the, the, you know, the, the part of the thread that you think where this is possibly going doesn't actually go there, doesn't actually go there, which intre- interesting enough, right, but I think we do find that Simon is a bit of a, um, bit of a wet blanket, right, well, wet blanket's not the word, it's just he seems to be able to get bullied. Because <laughs> he's on this top secret project. And his girlfriend's like, I'm coming with you. And instead of being like, um, no. No, you're not. I'm doing this whole thing. I could lose my job. I ain't bringing your ass. He's just like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you're just like, what? You know And it's not. Like she offers anything up, right? Is she's just like, yo, I'll let you do this. You know, like, I don't know. Let's just say, right? He's always wanted, hmm. All right, he wants to do doggy, right? She doesn't. She's just like, oh, no, that's so oh, dehumanizing, sigh. And he's just like, I want it. And she's just like, hey, let me come with you. And you can fuck me from behind. He's like, all right. Yeah, fuck. All right. Um, yeah, of course. Of whatever you want. There is no enticement from this woman. <laughs> now, obviously, it's written in the 70s. It's a little more wholesome, right? It's a little more wholesome. But, hey. Don't try and tell me that they didn't have some dirty little thoughts back then, people. But anyway, he he does this thing. And I think one of the really enticing things about this is just the way the scenes are depicted. Right? The way um, Finney brings this whole situation to life. You know? Which does kind of suck you into the time and you do be like, ooh, hey, horse drawn carriages, man. Oh, Central Park in the winter. Man, on horseback oh, that must be delightful. And yeah, you kind of think, oh yeah, I wouldn't like I ain't seeing that. You know, the way he describes the architecture of a building. You know, it, it it brings it to life for you. And it just does seem, oh, very enticing. Very enticing. 
you know, but yeah, on this project, like, so the whole thing about time travel, you know, like the, the butterfly effect and all of that, right, which is a huge part of it now, but I think you can imagine back in the day, back in the 70s, there wasn't a whole heap of sci-fi, right, so these sort of devices, it's not something that you you found all the time, so I think maybe at the time, this is like some new shit, right, but he drops it, right, so don't interfere, that, that's the thing that's really driven home to Sai, do not interfere with the past, Sai, don't do it, and he doesn't, he, he's trying to keep very on the outskirts, but then, as we see, you know, you give the government something, and they're like, oh, how can we use this, so the project, which, you know, essentially started off as a vanity project, it starts to become something more, right, it starts to become something more, and the creators, everyone's getting a bit like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, but they convince Sai to be a bit more involved, a bit more involved and find out what the hell this whole letter was around, because, you know, one of the whole things of the letter, right, one of the big compelling parts is, um, you know, you, 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 you see the place burn, right, you know, the posting of this letter caused the destruction by fire of the entire world, right, just that note, that note was attached, and you're thinking, destruction of the world? And so everyone's like, oh, what could have happened? How did they nearly destroy the world? So that seems to be the driving thing. And so, yes, he, he gets more involved. More involved to find out what the fuck happens. And, yeah, suddenly the story kind of gets a bit more of a love story. Gets a bit more of a love story. Um, and a little bit, a little bit more weird, right, a little bit more weird, and, and so, there's this character, this lady called Julia, right, J lady called Julia, and a gentleman called Pickering, so, these are two that are very instrumental towards the end, now, you do wonder with Julia, right, now, she does bring up some good points, and you have to think it's the 70s, Right, so what is available for women back then it was a lot different to what it is now. But there are some crazy red flags. Crazy red flags, right? That you're just like, what is going on? Now, I will say, as we get towards the end of the book, it does then go a little bit odd, right? does feel a little bit rushed towards the end, you know, like, uh, how are we going to get the story to this new place, 
Because it, it's all going at a certain pace, at a certain thing, and everything seems like, okay, all right. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's like, oh, let's do this thing, right? And it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense, right? Now, he tells Julia this thing. He gives her this story to convince her to do a thing, right, and you do think to yourself, it is a, it's a viable story, so why doesn't he stick with that story, that is the odd part of the um, whole thing, right, he could have kept with that, now, we do find out a very, I would say, right, although it goes a little like, they do then do a thing, they do add a little twist, kind of intriguing, kind of like, ooh, well played, I didn't see that, didn't see that, and so, yes, if he had done this thing, I don't, that story really wouldn't have mattered, right, the story wouldn't have mattered, but you kind of think, it still makes no sense he didn't do that story, right, so that was a little bit weird, and then, yeah, then they, they, they throw this other bit on at the very, very end, which is a bit like, eh, I still don't really think that's a reason, still don't really think that's a reason, but, okay, fine, whatever, you know, so, it, Ends a little bit oddly, but I think by that point you're like, okay, fine. I'm I, I'll go with it, you know. But I did kind of feel that it took the book slightly down for me, right? Slightly down. So instead of a I don't know, a C plus, it's a C. You know, because I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed it. It's a little bit... Like, it is, it's a little bit too wholesome for my liking. <laughs> a little bit too wholesome. A little bit too apple pie. You know what I mean? I'm a bit like, I need a little more corruption in my life, people. You know what I mean? This is making me feel uncomfortable. These people are too nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it is charming, right? This is perfect for people that don't like a lot of violence, corruption, you know, sex, like, all of that kind of shit. You could recommend this to a parent. Right, if um your your partner's parents are like, oh, what are you reading right now? You'd be like, you know what? If I was you, I'd check out Time and Again by Jack Finney. I think it will tickle your little socks. Anyway, oh, marvelous! I will check that out. So yeah, it's one of them books, people. That's what I feel. But um, yeah, no, it is it is well, it's well crafted. You know, and as I said, look, they, they vividly paint these pictures for you, which I did appreciate. So, um, yeah, 
you know, I didn't mind it at all, right? So, it's Time and Again by Jack Finney, and it is narrated by, um, oh, who the fuck is it narrated by again? Paul Hackett, that's it. Heckett, Hett, I don't know, H-E-C-H-T, however you would pronounce that, that's my man's name, so yeah, go check it out, it's on Audible, and he did write a sequel 25 years later, so, um, yes, time and again, people, time and again. Okay, people, so we're coming to a close on another episode, and um, as we do, let's take a look and see what's going down in the world of TV. So, um, with the WWE Network on the Peacock, makes sense for them to, um, you know what I mean, use that as a source of content. So... What they've done is they've uh, got John Cena to um, develop a new docu-series for them. It's going to be called WWE Evil, right? So um, Cena's going to be narrating the piece. And, um, yeah, they're describing it as um, a psychological expose. Into the minds of the most diabolical characters in WWE history and their impact on mainstream culture. Hmm. I mean, I don't really. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> but, hey, if you're a wrestling fan, boom, you're going to be up on that. Now, the thing, one that's more interesting to me, this is um, an NFL one. Right, so they're doing a series called Montana, right, which is obviously looking at Joe Montana, the um, you know legendary San Francisco 49er quarterback. So um, yeah, that's going to be done by NFL Films. So yeah, that I think that could be very interesting. You know, used to be. Um, all-American, national champion at Notre Dame, and won the Super Bowl a number of times, so, um, yeah, but, you know, Brady's still the GOAT, <laughs> alright, so, um, in some other news, the CW is, um, they're bringing a new game show to the air called Legends of the Hidden Temple. It's actually a uh, reboot of an old Nickelodeon show. So this version is going to have adult contestants rather than the kids that were on the Nick version. Um, so yeah, you know, some's going to be inside, some's going to be outside, but you know, they're going to be... Um, Using like jungle locations, Mayan temples, and all of that jazz. Hmm. Now, you know, on Netflix, right? So it's currently airing Jupiter's Legacy, which you know was based on a Mark Miller comic book, 
is Netflix bought Miller World, right? Now, they're um, also doing a TV series of The Magic Order, right? This was another one of his stories. And, it, you know, it looked to have stalled, but it's picked up steam again. You know, it's back in development. And, um, yeah, they're, uh, you know, going to make it a... Um, a six-part series, right? They're just hiring a a writer's room, so um, yeah, that should be hitting. Uh, I don't know, probably next year sometime. I would imagine, right? HBO, they're um, they're doing a thing, right? So they have just picked up the rights to Elin Harris's trilogy. Um, you know, around the invisible life, right? So, uh, they've got Harris David Rivers to write the script, and uh, Protospan and Tracy Emmons will be executive producing the uh, the series, all right? So, um, yeah, over on Paramount Plus. Right, Kiefer Sutherland looks to have a new show. Right, he's going to be um, executive producing it as well. So, it, you know, back to um, you know uh, the uh, the field that he's known for. Right, after being in Twenty Four, his will be another espionage show. Right, so um, supposedly the story is around private espionage operative James Weir, played by Sutherland, who is in the midst of a battle over the preservation of democracy in a world at odds with misinformation, behavioural manipulation, the surveillance state, and the interest that control the extraordinary powers. I mean, that seems a lot for one person to be able to combat. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd imagine he's going to have a team behind him to do this. <laughs> but it's going to be an eight-episode uh, drama. Um, John Requa and Glenn Fiatra are going to be um, executive producing um, no, they're writing and directing right um, yeah, with Charlie Guglak so, I don't know, we'll see what happens with that I mean, season 1 maybe season 2 as well of 24 were pretty good, you know what I mean they were pretty good. The rest of it, mm, I don't know. All went a little cray. Alright, so um, a couple of new things from the BBC. Alright, so, um, you know, they've got a deal with Amazon. And, uh, yeah, the first of these is um, The English. Right, which will be starring Emily Blunt. Along with uh, Chazak Spencer, Rafe Spall. Tom Hughes, Stephen Ray, Toby Jones, Syrian Hands, Valerie Pachner, 
Malcolm Story, Steve Wall, Nikhila McCarthy, and Christian Solomeno. Right, it's set in 1890, right, and um. We follow an English woman who arrives in the American West to wreak revenge on the man she sees as responsible for the death of her son. Dum dum dum. Upon meeting Ellie Whip, an ex cavalry scout and member of the Pawnee Nation by birth, they join forces and discover a shared history that must be defeated at all costs. Bum bum bum. So yes, there you go. So this is from Hugo Blick. Now the other new thing coming is um, yeah called Uprising so it's a three part um, docu-series and it's from um, Steve McQueen right who uh, yeah recently did the small act series that won a ton of awards right so um yeah mcqueen is teaming with james rogan um to co-direct this right so it's dealing with um early 1981 right so there was the new cross fire right um and then i think they're dealing with the brixton riots and a few other things, right? So, um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see if it's going to be as popular as Small Axe. I wonder if it's going to be as bleak. Because, god damn. You mean that was... Whew, weren't happy watches. I mean, Lover's Rock was fun. God, Lover's Rock was fun. They were all good. But just... Whew, heavy. You know? So, um... Over on Apple, you got a um, a new series called Shining Girls, right? Um, which is an adaptation of Lauren Booker's book, right? So um, it's now going to be starring Jamie Bell, Elizabeth Moss, and Wagner Mura, right? So um, it's a, meso- a metaphysical thriller. Um, and it looked at a Chicago reporter who survived the brutal assault only to find her reality shifting as she hunts down her attacker. Dum dum dum. So, yes, there you go, people. It's going to be written by Silka Louisa, um, who is also going to be executive producing. And show running the piece. Uh, so also over at FXX, they've got a new animated series called Little Demon. Right? So um yeah, it is created by Darcy Fowler, Seth Krishna, and Kiran. Vala, right, um, 
It's executive produced by Dan Hammond. Right, and um, yeah, it's starring Danny DeVito, who's going to be voicing the devil. Audrey Plaza, who voices um, a, a, a mother. And um, Lucy DeVito voices um, Plaza's daughter. So, yes, the devil... Um, it's looking at his relationship with a reluctant mother and her antichrist daughter. Right, so mother and daughter try to live a normal life in Delaware, but are constantly thwarted by a monstrous forces, including Satan, who wants custody of his daughter's soul. <laughs> and people, we finally have a date. For when the second part of a Lupin will be hitting Netflix, and that is the um, oh, 11th of June. <laughs> so, people mark that in the calendar, and hopefully, it is as entertaining as the first six episodes were. All right, people, that is it. We are done. We will be back next Wednesday. So enjoy your week. Peace.